Hey Brian, how are you doing? Hey Pedro, how's it going? Pretty good, man. It's, uh, I got, I was going to buy Red Bull, and then <laughs> the grocery store closed, and I was like, "Fuck," because I had a meeting, and it's like the meeting ends at seven fifty nine, and I realize that, and the grocery store is like a minute away, but by then it's too late because they close it like on the dot. I was like, "Damn, I have nothing. <laughs> I have no energy." But I found like pre workout, so uh, we're running on that. Should be good. Awesome. I I'm coming off some. I don't know if it was Nara. Something. Something. I had something in the beginning of the week, and uh, clearly my voice is not ideal. But here I am. Oh, sounds good to me. You know, this is like the well episode two, obviously. So I'm just having a lot of fun with this, and genuinely just like interested in talking to people. So. For sure. And at the end of the day, this gets recorded and then put on Spotify. And yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, it's the recording is done. And then there's like, I tried to get it from the archive from Twitter, but it's the most painful thing to do because they take like three days just to send you the recording. There's this website called Spaces Down, I think, which is really practical if you ever need to like download a Spaces. But yeah. So you were in New York, right? Yeah. We're in. Um... Uh, Flatiron. I, I live in Long Island City myself, but you know, we're down in Manhattan. Okay, yeah, that's awesome. The whole like uh, hyperspace team? Yeah, they, all, all nine of us are, are here in New York. Holy shit, that sounds really nice. Okay. And so, yeah, that's. I had no idea that you guys were all like in the same place. How's yeah, we, hyperspace... we started together. Yeah. How's hyperspace going at the moment? Because like Obviously, most of the market is held by Magic Eden. Yeah, I think um, we've had uh, pretty significant growth. We've been here for a year and a half since August 2021. Yeah. Um, started a soul analysis. I think aggregation is, is a beast of its own. Um, at our peak, when we had um, Yaw and Mike Solonar, um, Haley Swap, all these different aggregation players. Um, if we want to talk numbers, I think we had at our peak probably like around 50, 40 or 50% of market share. I think right now our focus is probably on creator royalty stuff, working with Metaplex. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what, what specifically you want to know about Texas Magic Eden, but um, nah, that's where we're at. Random. Like, I think aggregation is obviously really cool. I've always kind of expected aggregation to be like bigger than individual platforms. Same thing as you see with DEXs, right? Like Jupiter, that's where everyone goes to trade. They don't go to like a Radium or an Atrix or, or any of those. But then like, yeah, I think I typically use Hyperspace over Magic Eden. Although, have you guys integrated uh, Elixir's uh, Marketplace or not? Like the yeah, listings? we've had Elixir from the beginning, yep. Yeah, okay. Because so Elixir's new app is super clean. I'm very much enjoying it at the moment. Do you know what I they have a mobile app? Uh, no, app. Like the website. Just the website. Because it's more of a marketplace now than an actual AMM. Like oh. they have both, but it reads a lot more like a, like a marketplace. And it's just fairly, it's super smooth. Where like Magic Eden is super slow. So <laughs> I have a lot of appreciation for like the actual speed of being able to like go on the website and buy it and not spend two minutes waiting for the JPEG to load. Personal preference, maybe. Uh, 
but you've had some uh i mean i don't know if beef is the word but like some contention with uh chart and the magic eden people on twitter that was uh, uh pretty funny the other day yeah yeah he um we haven't spoken in a while and i think he i mean he pointed out a um cats on carcoville Oh yeah, yeah, he he pointed out something that we should be fixing. So, no, we appreciate we appreciated it. I think you and I are probably enjoying the better back and forth. I've met him a couple of times in in real life. Um, yeah, that was. <laughs> it's been a while since we've we've strived with him online. <laughs> Chartfu is, I think, one of the people that I met IRL or that I saw IRL. I didn't actually speak to him. Where it's the least. Person, I, I didn't expect him to look like that at all. Oh, compared to his like Twitter personality, it's like nothing to do with each other, right? What did you think he would look like? Honestly, I'm not sure, but like, I, I guess more like average, like average height, typical guy, white guy, maybe like black brown hair, 20s, something along those lines. Hmm. And it felt it felt very different. But I think I don't have like that clear revision of what people actually look like in Web three. So, do you think it has to do with the name, the fact that his name is Chartfu? Probably, and the monkey in there, and the general attitude on Twitter. I think it all groups up into having an impression. Also, because of like the typical profile of someone who's in who's in NFTs. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, you you expect probably a pretty nerdy internet dude. Uh, yeah, I would say Char- I would say Chartfu still gives off a. Nerdy, but he just happens to be like That's true. eight feet tall. Yeah, he's massive. <laughs> yeah, I mean, That's, that is kind of funny that you—not you, but people—project um, like NFT personalities a certain way. I remember when um, I first went on Spaces. I've always had my face as my yeah. profile picture. Um, I mean, I assume it's based on probably some some combination of. Racial stereotypes, um, the pose that I'm making on my, on my um, profile picture, the persona that I carry. But I remember the first rounds of feedback that I got was people thought my voice didn't really match my face, which I got in real life as well. Um, people thought that I would sound really douchey or fratty, but they were, su- they, surpri- they were surprised that I sounded more professional than that. Um, and... Yeah, I mean that's 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 funny that because for me when I first saw Charfu, he he matched what I thought he would look like. Oh yeah, okay. I think with the first time because um, I used to be at Honey and one of the developers, Heron, really nice guy. Uh, I meet him at Breakpoint, and he looks at me and he's like, "Dude, I expected you to be a small fat Mexican." Because <laughs> your name is because your name is my Pedro? name is yeah, and I have like that's a so fucking it was the funniest shit in the world. I found it really hilarious. Like I, on the moments, because it, it was very funny. The guy was exactly what, you, what I expected him to be. So, what do you, what do you look like? I'm like uh, I think six foot, uh, like one meter eighty. Uh, fairly like average build. Like I don't work out that much, but I like I run. <laughs> um, so like I run, so I'm like more or less fit, and uh, yeah, brown hair, very basic, really. And I speak Spanish, you, but I don't look Mexican. Are you Latin American? Uh, like I have family that's Spanish. I think I'm like fifty percent oh. Spanish. Um, but yeah, I don't look the part. Mostly just like white, and simply and where, so. Where Where are you? 
right now I'm in Switzerland. Switzerland. Yeah, a small town called Lausanne next to a lake. Beautiful view. Um, expensive everything. It's fun. <laughs> Wait, yeah. why, why are you in Switzerland? Uh, for my uh, university studies, actually. Oh, you're a, you're a student. Yeah, still am. Mechanical engineering. It's a lot of fun on a good day, which is not very often at university, but <laughs> this you, is why we do F3. Are you, are you American? No, not at all. French and Spanish. Were you, were you raised in the United States? No, in Singapore. Oh. Singapore. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait, you're French and Spanish and you're <laughs> you're from Singapore. <laughs> I spent like the first six years of my life, well, eight years of my life in, in mostly in Singapore, yeah. Are your parents in Singapore? Uh yeah, yeah. Just followed them for like, you know, uh, expat. So you oh. follow them around, get to like know the different cultures. It's uh it's an interesting start to your life. But huh. I definitely appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Do you have siblings? Yeah, both of them, both older than me. One of them is in the Netherlands, and the other one is in France. Huh. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a fun, uh, fun dynamic. I think most people don't have, uh, like, haven't had that chance. And on sometimes it's a good thing. Sometimes it's the worst thing. I like a lot of things I'm in sure. life at the end of the day. Yeah. yeah. And your per- your preferred language is, is Spanish. English, English twenty four seven. Yeah, yeah, which is a. Uh, that's funny. I don't think my parents like that, but as or long as I speak the other two languages, French one side, Spanish on the other, and you and figure you, it out from there. And you can speak both? Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, uh, lucky. Dude, that's crazy. That's, I wish I was that. That's, that's awesome. It's, it's really nice. It carries you through high school as well. When you get into that language class and you're like, I don't need to study for this. Awesome. Wait, so tell me more about, so you, you live in Switzerland and you're an engineering student. Absolutely. Um, how old are you, like 21? 19. 19, Jesus. <laughs> uh, and you're trying to be an engineer, I assume? Uh, pretty much. I think the, the main choice that I, that I took these studies is because I like building things, I like just randomly. So like an RC car, random circuits, different, like whatever I can really get my hands on that I'm interested by. And so I decided to do that because it kind of felt like it was DIY, but on steroids. Um, <laughs> ended up spending a whole year doing integrals and trajectories. And I was like, fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For. <laughs> and, uh, but I still like it. And yeah, I think the end goal is an engineer. I don't know. Would rather make generational wealth on Shiba and then build random shit in my garage. But <laughs> that happens. So yeah. And I, I assume your name is not actually Pedro. Um, I don't actually like typically share that, uh, but oh. yeah, no, it isn't. I, the Pedro just kind of worked because it's a very basic Spanish name. So, and the most people what, do that is my actual name. What What got you into Web three? Um, shit coins. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a friend, of, like a couple friends of mine, were like, "Dude, we bought Pancake Swap at, huh. at a couple cents." Uh, and then it, it pushed all the way to 40 that year. They sold it Sheesh. like 8 and 20, I think. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. And then I would like started mining ETH on my wow. 10.7 ETI graphics card. Wow. And by little, you kind of just get into it. And then NFTs hit. And I was like, holy shit, this is fun. Wow. It translated directly from video games. Sure. It was, it was pretty cool. 
But yeah. Do you pl- do you plan to go full full of three? For now, no. I actually like given I just recently left a job, but it's I I might consider it once I have like a foundation of like a bachelor's degree, right? Sure. Just so I have something to fall back on. But I'll I'll just look at the opportunities as they come and make that decision when it happens, right? Right now I'm happy to like run the podcast, tweet random shit and um and work on IRL things and it's a, it's a good as long as I strike a balance there, I'm happy. But yeah. So, how did you get into Web3? Um, I have a pretty boomer story of it. It's not like I found it on my own or anything. I so I'm 25, graduated college in 2019. I was an investment banker for two-ish years. Okay. And I worked for a pretty large-scale startup. Um, and then in August of 2021, I had coworkers uh, from that startup who left. Um, and they had this brilliant idea um, called soulanalysis.com. And I think it was like two days after they launched the site, um, basically said, hey, like we should do this together. Um, and then we officially started in November. Um, and then, yeah, I've been working since. Like I I took it, or not I took it. It's not like, I would say a lot of people in Web3 are, they found it on their own, like playing video games or whatever. I always thought NFTs were a scam. Um, and then joined it more on a, on a company perspective. Um, uh, but yeah, that's, it's pretty, pretty corporate direction. But I, I would say, it, like, it's a group of friends more than anything. I mean, we've been, we've been enjoying it since. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So, wait, so you, I guess you were studying finance if you're an investment banker, right? Uh, correct. Yeah, that makes sense. And so why do you, like, why stay in Web3? Like, what's the attraction of, like, being, working for hyperspace and building that there instead of being in, like, TradFi? I think the stupidest thing to like, okay, maybe stupid is not the right word. I think the correct thing to admit is you know, like people are like, oh, like I'm here for the community. I'm here for the, the building. Like, yeah, I, I mean, I could see it. I, I truly think that outside of the, like, oh, like we're here to like make money. For me, it, I'm here because it's fun. Like, I think the fact that I get to tell people that I work with NFTs, like it's just a cool, fun thing to say. Um, and like how long, how much longer is that going to last? I'm not sure, but I, I'm just such a big proponent of entertainment is ultimately what drives business. 99% of current global commerce is, um, what I would, what I would call luxurious goods as in like, you don't need any of these things, but they bring, um, fun value or entertainment value, give something to talk about. And I think NFTs is kind of the accumulation of the internet as a whole. Um, and am I here to say like NFT degen trading is going to be the future? Probably not. But um, I, I, I truly believe that if you bring in enough smart people, um, enough fun and enough money into something, something will come out of it. And I think here we are. Yeah. Okay. And so do you like, because I think a lot of people will t- say that they're in Web3. I mean, they'll have like money, community, technology. I mean, there's all the people who are there for decentralization, but some of them just have like a deeper purpose where they genuinely think like decentralization or all of these new things are going to like lead to a better future, maybe. Do you share that at all? 
As in, do I think blockchain technology will lead us into a better future? Yeah, I mean, is there is does your participation in Web three like have a certain like? Do you see like a purpose for you? Is the um? How do I phrase this? Like, do I think there's a greater calling and a world global next step problem that I'm solving by yeah part of an NFT marketplace? <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe think, the energy in like Web three and like participating in the ecosystem. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I would say, I would say, cynicism aside, there is something very motivating, especially at my age, to be um, amidst like industry defining things. Like, if we were to agree that blockchain and Web three NFTs are to stay, like under that premise, we are all at the forefront. Um, and I'm very like privileged and, and thankful to be in a position where we are defining like what is to come. Like, especially I think that's that's highly relevant this week with. Metaflex rolling out creative royalty changes, yeah. as we've seen in the past two years, um, there has been things that we've like not because I'm a significant person by any means, but just because there's just uh, this space is enough where individual contributions, whether it be like a tweet that I make that somehow snowballs into something greater, the level of impact that you can make is just so big. Um, I, I definitely find. I think value in that. Uh, do I think that blockchain technology and NFTs and decentralization will somehow bring about a new world order? I mean, probably not, at least not within my lifetime. And as a relatively conservative person, I think, like, I, I hope national governments are here to stay. And I don't think the US dollar will disappear. And I, I'm not like a big proponent of 100% decentralization. I don't even think that happens. I don't believe that it's possible. Um, I also think that people that preach that. Um, would ultimately choose selfish desires if 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 given. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think it's more about the level of impact that I have as opposed to do I think that we're building some infrastructure to uh, turn the world upside down. Yeah, it's cool. I think when when I had Lollipop on last week, he one of the things he mentioned was that because I asked him if like because obviously he has very polarizing takes, right? And uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so so I was like, do you, has he ever had like the idea that he was right or wrong? Or like, are there any instances where he was like, oh, I did something wrong, I did something right? And he was talking about how mm. to him, it's not really about what's wrong and what's right. It's really about the impact that you actually make on the space. And that if mm. that impact ends up being negative, he'll redirect and he'll change direction or whatever. But until now, he really doesn't have that impression too much. I think it's an interesting well, take on like the fact that you really do have an impact on the world. I think he does have a more ideological view of what can actually be done with web three and specifically all like small groups and like social interactions, which is really interesting, but that's Lieutenant Lollipop. He's a, he's a great guy. Yeah. I think technology definitely allows you to have niche impact. I would, I would argue Solana is a niche impact industry right now. I mean, you're seeing, you know, 20 to 30,000 uh, wallets. That's not a very big number. Um, but I do also think that I actually concur a lot with, uh, lollipop in the sense that it really is about the impact like who knows if we're on the right side of history on, on any of these things in the same way when the first like versions of the internet came out i'm sure people were saying stupid things all the time but they were having impact um, and deciding what are correct internet rules or not before the internet even existed and, and most of these things are just projections of our own society on a digital frame and i think nfc just happens to take the lead on doing that on a 
community level. And I, again, I, I emphasize um, fun. Fun is the ultimate, ultimate utility that we've we've always seen in the past two years. Yeah, that same side. So, what do you think? Like, what impact do you think you can have with or like within or without? of like the hyperspace area in like the future and like these, I don't know, maybe the next coming weeks or even like coming years. Yeah. I I think it's something that I've been thinking about um, quite frankly. I think I, I intend to be with hyperspace as long as possible. Um, Love our team, uh, love what we stood for, love our ability to build. Um, And even, even with like my own bags aside, I think um, if I were in web three, I would probably, remain in hyperspace. It's where I started and it's where I hope to um, at least come into fruition. Um, I mean, independently, as I've noted before, like I don't, actually almost ironically, like I think uh, on a mass adoption level, like I've visited high schools, I've given talks, I've um, I've talked to people in real life about bringing NFTs. Like I, my social circle is not very Web3 like and yeah, um, yeah. I'm very as a, as a social butterfly, like I have, I would say very non NFT friends and I talk to them about NFT all the time. And I, my point being, even though that's, that's what I've become and I've become the NFT guy uh, for the past year and a half around, especially with my friends. Um, I don't think my calling is to evangelize web three. If I were to go on off of my own and perhaps decided that uh, web three slash hyperspace, which to me are equivalent um, is no longer for me. I, I think I'd probably take some, a bit of time off and then consider what I can be or what I can do to be more mission driven. Cause I think like Lollipop and perhaps you, um, I, I, I have to do something that I believe in. That's just something that I've always been a part of. Um, so it's, it's very hard for me to force myself to uh, work towards something that I, I'm just simply being paid for. Yeah. I get that a lot. I think they exactly I've been working. So I worked with honey for a long time and I was doing BD and like one of the reasons why I did end is because like there's university on the side that I have to focus on because the next semester is supposedly a lot more complicated, but it's also because I don't necessarily like feel that great in the role of BD. Um, Sure. And just because I felt like a lot of the relationships you build aren't that genuine because you reach out to someone and to a certain extent, there's always like a financial reason behind it. It's like, cause you want to partner because you want that. Of course. And yeah. And just like in a week of not being there, you call more people, you talk to more people and just knowing that there isn't a company that I represent and that there's something behind me makes me so much more comfortable in just being my own person and being able to like build a genuine friendship, mm. which is really cool. So I, I, like, I get the idea of something you believe in and something that's fully you, but yeah. It's, it's do you, do you, okay. Let me let me let me turn it around. Do, do you believe in Web three? Do you believe in NFTs and blockchain technology? So, uh, sorry, question. I think a lot of it. I tend to have tend to be a bit cynical sometimes, um, but I think it has. I think there's a potential there, and I think there's a lot of things that are like ideologically. I find it really cool. Like the idea on one level, I'd, I'd read somewhere the idea of like. You pay your taxes on the blockchain, and now you can see what the government does with your money. Ideally, and I think that's cool. I'd love to see like that. My my two dollars of taxes went to build a bridge. <laughs> you know? Okay, great. Sure, Pretty awesome. Sure. Then there's like what Lollipop was saying of like a lot of these communities building together to not have like venture capital, to not have like exploitation of individuals. All of these things. It sounds great. Is it going to happen? Do I think that like 
people have the human nature that would be kind enough to make that happen that people that are already in control of the world want to let go of that control no so it's a mix of like does it sound great yes do i think it's possible not in the iteration that people are like so happy about and so like bullish on okay well then you and i are, are perfectly aligned yeah. yeah i mean i think these are great ideals to have but we we've seen it in the solana ecosystem how it is abused and how people ultimately end up using it you and i for a fact if we were given that position i can't say confidently that i will live up to the missions of decentralization and uh hold hands and sing kumbaya yeah. i'll probably exploit it that's, <laughs> yeah. that's what human greed is i mean we've seen plenty of projects who have been saying for the community like whatever every single founder ultimately takes you know runs away with the money or the floor price gets rugged like i i just think it's it's unless you start admitting that this is really for fun or people are open and saying hey like trading is really gambling like outside of those things i just i find it hard to see a world where human greed is all of a sudden set apart it, it's kind of like i think like marxism of like yeah it sounds great on paper but when it comes to actual human application oh, no. like <laughs> it, it's, it's it's not gonna happen yeah it's a lot of these things but then i don't know i find it sometimes complicated because if you look at like look at ideas and the ideology and obviously they all look great but then you implement them and in real life that's just not how it works i was having this discussion sure. with like my dad the other day of just like equal pay and the idea yeah. of in in the uk right now if you have the same job regardless of your years of experience you need to have the same amount of pay and the idea is great like yeah you have the same job you're doing the same thing. Why would someone be paid more? But in reality, the older guy has been in the company for more time. So he's gotten more promotions. He's gotten more raises. So of course, he's going to get paid more. And it's these things where the idea sounds great, but the reality of it just doesn't work. And then it's complicated because if you keep that mindset of, oh, but in reality, it doesn't work, then at what point do you actually like align yourself with an idea? Because you can't align yourself with reality that much, I feel like. I don't know if you get what I mean. No, I get exactly what you mean. And I, I'm, I'm actually glad that this conversation is going this way because you're, you sound kind of like me. But yeah, I think it's, 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 there's such a disparity between what people think is going to work versus what actually occurs. I, I'm also a believer that the way that things are is because people are going towards the mean and we're hitting an equilibrium of what is realistic versus what we ideally hope is possible. Um, like, are we going to come to a world where everything is tokenized and you get this for you? Like people have been preaching utility for a year and a half. I haven't seen a single piece of real world utility come from NFTs. Absolutely. Not. Um, I, like not, not a sing, not a single one. And I, I, I think there is this, I, I see this theory in the office all the time where um, realistically, I'm going to go super abstract for a second. Like, unless you believe in, the multiverse or whatever like there is a single timeline quote unquote that we're all living in and a lot of the people in web3 i think the idealists um, are theoretically saying that there is a uh solution to all this like there must be something more to this um but this so something more at a certain point theoretically exists right because there's a single timeline so um at some point in the future of this timeline that exists i i for one uh, think it's equally possible that there is no solution. Like this entire thing 
um, it, it's like it's not just a Ponzi. There's just there's no answer. Um, it's just for entertainment, and it may fizzle out. Uh, it might be a tulip. It might just be nothing, or people might enjoy it for the way it is on uh, extended periods. Perhaps not a billion of us, but I'm sure we will to a certain degree. Um, on the flip side, I, I talked. I said this on my podcast last week. Like, I hope I'm not 40 and doing this. Um, I hope I'm with my kids at the playground. Yeah. But like, I, I think it's it's uh, naive to say like something must come out of this. I, I'm I'm sure something of some degree will come out of this, but in the shape that it exists now, certainly not. No, I agree. There's so much more for so many things to actually happen that can change it. It's like, I don't know. It's like Plato. You still have so much. It can still be molded into so many things. Hasn't solidified. Correct. Yeah. I think it makes you think of the other day. I don't know who tweeted and, and I don't know what it was about, but it was something along the lines of, Oh, this is too big to fail. And I was just reading that. And I'm like, do you, did you even see what happened to FTX? <laughs> <laughs> too big. Nothing is too big to fail at this point. I'm pretty sure I tweeted that actually. Really? Yeah. Man, I was like, how things are like, there's a certain level where I definitely think that you can, too big to fail might exist, but not in crypto. Not yet. No, I, I don't think too big to fail exists anywhere. Yeah. No, that's a good point, actually. Everything comes everything comes down to an end at one point. It's just a matter of time. Correct. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so that's uh, Web3 and decentralization and all of that. Man. Back to more simple things. <laughs> so, <laughs> Solana. And so, yeah, I don't know. What do you... What, actually, what's your take on the royalty situation? All these programmable NFTs and everything. I, I mean, we've we've been pretty vocal about about royalties. Um, I think here's a different take. Um, I think people have heard probably enough about what is actually happening. The the one liner is that Metaflex is taking charge and they're coming up with this PNFT solution uh, or programmable NFTs, and it allows um, people to decide where what what programs NFTs are able to interact with. It's a way to enforce royalties, and in some ways, it's a way to enforce where NFTs are being traded, etc. Um, I'll take a step back and say, I think that we are going to go through a period of chaos where um, no one's really going to understand everything because there's just so many different things now. Um, things were a lot simpler a year ago when there was just one NFT standard. People thought paying for royalties was a required thing, and now there's uh, at least in my uh, understanding, there's at least three um, quote-unquote NFT standards that are floating around. And once this stuff starts migrating and all these things happen, a lot of things are going to break because um, some collections are going to make the decision to migrate. The platforms that these collections are a part of won't know that they're migrating. Um, users have no idea what PNFTs are or anything that's going on. Um, Long story short, it's going to be a very chaotic period. Um, and there's, as always, as with all things, all industries, all worldly events, a relatively small group of people deciding on the fate of an entire ecosystem, which I, personally, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Like You're never going to have, you know, all 30, 40, 50,000 people deciding on the future. You need, you need leaders, you need people in power to 
uh, make decisions to go through the next step. But given that this space uh, is always building on uh, being vocal and uh, everyone needs to know everything, I believe that the next few weeks or the next few months, uh, I won't go as far to say that it's going to determine the future of this, of this ecosystem, but there's going to be a lot of debate and a lot of like, oh, wait, this was happening, even though it's been happening for months. Yeah, that does make a lot of sense. It's definitely going to be chaotic. Plus, I mean, so many collections are going for it. Others aren't. I know I know Sharky, for example, their loans aren't compatible with, uh, with PNFTs. I know Honey's loans aren't compatible with PNFTs yet. So it's, are those, like, are the collections that are on the platform? Because if you have an NFT that then gets migrated while it's on a loan, the fuck happens there? Like, yeah, so Anton from Sharky, I think, I think on similar lights and, um, He's been he's been pretty vocal in, in the PNFT coordination chat and trying to make sure things like that don't affect any users. Um, but yeah, it, there's about to be a lot of a lot of confusion and a lot of frustration for sure. Yeah, I think I wonder. I would argue that it's. I don't know if it's the best way forward, but at the same side, on the same side, like some collections do. I understand like the need for royalties. And some collections do deserve it more than others. Like Clanosaurs, I can understand. Uh, D-Gods, I can understand. If you're building a product that's supposed to generate you revenue and you need the royalties after, like, what, six months, I start losing a bit more respect there. Hmm. Because you should be, like, you should have an amount of, like, you should be able to generate that revenue. Um, obviously, six months is a number like any other. I feel like depending on the product you're making, there's more or less leeway there. But we'll see. It's it's very hard. And then on the other hand, I think I saw Forrest tweet about this, saying that what he doesn't enjoy about it is that it means that you don't actually own your NFT anymore, in a sense. Because you can't do whatever you want with it, and I can get that. A lot of the people are here for like digital ownership, and I think it's a pretty good, very cool narrative of NFTs, and you tear it down by doing PNFTs. Yeah, I, I think that's that's the biggest uh, adversary comment that people have been making. Um, it, it's largely, I think, a, a technically conceptual issue of um, if they can truly, and by they I mean Metaplex, control or whoever is using that center control what I'm doing with this thing. Then, like, is it truly mine? Um, yeah. And then, and then, I guess the step from that is, then if that's true, then like, what is the point of NFTs at all? Um, yeah, I, I, I truly, I mean, I don't, I don't have strong opinions either way, to be honest, but, um, I, I'm telling you the moment this starts, starts stuff, this stuff starts happening and things start breaking, not only is it going to be chaos, but people will say they're leaving the ecosystem. People will say Solana's a joke. Like, I, I don't think people, by people, I mean the people that are doing like coordinating this and the people that like don't know about this have any idea the level of chaos and rage that's going to happen soon yeah people are going to be mad that's i can already expect like the discord channels of someone being there, like why the fuck can't i put like zero royalties on magic Eden? why can't i put zero royalties on like hyperspace why 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 like Correct. uh it was gonna be fun i mean it's interesting so, so yep. if anything i guess to your question let's say you're trading on hyperspace um uh, you would feel more 
ideally ideological ideologically views ideologically aligned and um feel more feel more empowered by the fact that you could choose to pay royalties or not yeah i think so uh, i think yeah. i like the idea of having that choice um but I understand because I will actually pay the royalties for people that I think deserve the royalties. And I'm only buying NFTs that deserve the royalties, in my opinion, anyways. So I'd probably pay the royalties anyways. So it doesn't actually change that much. But, and then I can also understand, obviously, that royalties, like you want to enforce it because people that are flipping, they aren't contributing at all. So you'll want to have that contribution through the effect of the royalties. It's, uh, it's definitely a complicated topic. I can understand both ways. And and you would I'm not I'm not questioning your legitimacy, but you would genuinely pay royalties if even if it was optional? Yeah, I already do. Huh? I already pay royalties, yeah, yeah. Um I I think I don't buy NFTs that often to be completely honest. Sure, sure. But like Clanosaurus recently, I just wanted to like swap between the two because I didn't like the first one I got. So um sold mine, bought another one. I should have just traded on an elixir, honestly. Um, or Hades. Um, that was, I think, that's the most recent buy I've had. The SMB paid royalties on that. Um, yeah, same for ovals, which are like basically all my recent buys. And then I don't do that much trading, so hmm. I don't think I have like a huge impact on uh, through my royalties, to be completely <laughs> honest. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, would you would you say others share your sentiment? No, no. <laughs> I think, and I understand. Like most people will obviously don't want to pay the royalty, um, uh-huh. and it, and it makes complete sense because you pay the royalty and then it just costs more than it's it's annoying. Like especially, I don't. And like uh, as a marketplace experience, you see the floors at eighteen, you buy eighteen, and then the transaction says eighteen point five or yep. nineteen. And you're just sitting there like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I didn't, I didn't expect this. It's not, but obviously that's how it happens, right? Sure. Or I mean, even before when you saw the floor was 19 and then you received 18 and you're like, <laughs> there's a, there's a whole soul missing here. Um, but yeah, I think Ethereum people have handled it in an interesting way. Sure. Um, were obviously the collections, but it was also very centralized in that sense. Because I don't know if you, did you follow how they did it? No, no, I, I I'm very detached from. Yeah, yeah. Um, I try to like keep an eye on it, but I'm not very like connected either. But so essentially, they had their whole thing of like, oh, now you don't have to pay royalties. With I think maybe looks rare, but I think it was Blur mostly that did it as like marketplaces. Mm-hmm. And then some collections were like, yo, what the fuck? Um, I think the first one that comes to mind is Suzuki. And OpenSea basically said, if you will enforce royalties on our platform, as long as you basically put every other marketplace that has optional royalties, you like deny them. Your NFTs can't be listed then anymore. Yeah. Which is huge because it means that they get all of that market share. And it's completely impossible to like trade those on other collections. Like that's what I understood well, from the thread. But that's gonna be possible by this PNFT yeah. transition. Exactly. So at a program level. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I'm 
I'm excited for what my friends at Magic Eden will do. Yeah? What do you expect them to do? <laughs> do exactly that. Yeah. They don't necessarily have the most ethical business practices. Right. I'll put it that way. I mean, I... I I don't. I haven't had experience in like the real world of like corporate and everything, so sure, my sure. opinion doesn't necessarily like match what should be done. But I can understand the point they're coming from. They have market share. They're making money. Of course, they're going to try to keep it. Of course, of course. Uh, I, right. I think you know you have to make money. Let's not pretend like we're all nice and playing games. But uh, yeah, I, I'm. I am thrilled to see what they're about to do. Using this PNF stuff, I'm I'm certain that when they launch projects, they'll require them to have some level of marketplace exclusivity, which you could do yeah. now with this. Oh yeah, on launch pads, that's going to be interesting. Uh, uh, Pedro, I do uh, have to hop in a little bit to go to an end of week meeting. Of course, um, that's cool with me. I was I was just going to say this was probably the most intellectually stimulating conversation I've had um, in a while. I also think, I also think like, like, aside from the hyperspace, like creators, whatever, the thing that like hits me the hardest, not hardest, the most impactful was the whole just like thought around being idealist versus like what is possible. And then also wondering yeah. like, then truly like one, we have an insane impact, so we should be careful and considerate in what we do. But then two yeah. also like, I, I wonder how many quote-unquote leaders in this space have similar concerns or thoughts. That's true. I I think it depends on the people, but I doubt most of them, I, it might, might be a pessimistic take, but I think most people are definitely here for the money and don't always have a look, out, a look to, it's mostly extracting value, whether you realize it or not. You're more yeah. extracting value than you're providing value into the space. Mm. And that is, is it's dangerous because sometimes you don't realize it. Maybe you're like making a higher floor for your holders, but for at sure. the same time, you're getting those royalties and you're not necessarily building anything. You're not generating, you're not making the place better for the next That's person fact. who joins. That's fact. right. Get a higher floor. It's even getting a higher floor is is specifically good for your holders, nothing more. Hmm. But yeah, we'll see. And I definitely enjoyed this conversation as well. I think last episode was with Lollipop, and Lollipop is um he's very good at talking. <laughs> so good. it's like I'm you good. ask one question and then he's on a rant. And it's very interesting, but you don't like it's a, it's more of a monologue. So it's yeah, its own I, it's its own I, dynamic. I I had on a podcast once. It was me. Look, he's right there. It was me, him, Frank, D-God, and and a couple others. Drax was there as well, I think. Yeah. I remember that. He was was going off. Yeah. I'm quite the speaker myself, but yeah, well, he's at a a different rate for sure. Yeah. I enjoy the conversation, though. It's, uh, it's definitely the purpose of like getting to know people and getting closer. I think in, in all like honesty, my first impression of you was some of the shit talk between hyperspace and magic Eden. And I think the original impression was a bit like, oh, this is not very professional. And when I saw you mention podcast on Twitter, I was like, this is great. Because I want to be like, even if I don't have the, for the best first impression, I want to be able to like take that chance to like meet people 
discuss ideas and be open about that. Yeah, for sure. And I think um, to each their own. Um, yeah. I do think there's there's value in talking to people that you might not agree with, you might not have good impressions on. Um, yeah, I just think it's I think it's funny and interesting that people are um, quick to judge in a space that That's very apparently true. is is built on and non judging. So, yeah, it was, <laughs> it, was, it, was a, it was a great time. Definitely. Well, you go to your meeting. Um... I don't really have uh, an outro, even though I've had people tell me that I should have an outro. So the Twitter is at OXPedro. It's every Friday at 10 p.m. CET, 9 p.m. UTC. And um, I'll see you next time. Brian, it was very nice to have you. If you want to, like, your Twitter is at the Brian Jun um, from Hyperspace. Uh, give him a follow. And uh, thanks a lot for, uh, for being uh, tonight's guest. Cool. Thank you so much, Pedro. See you soon. Thank you.